Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Privileged to be your host, this is Dan Moore. Welcome to the Action Catalyst. This is Dan Moore, your host, and I'm very excited to be here today with Terry Rickard. Terry is the founder and president of a company called Southwestern Travel, which is a member of Southwestern Family of Companies. But she began her career here as the executive assistant to our chairman and CEO, Mr. Henry Bedford. It's been a really interesting journey from Terry starting in that role to where now she heads up a very large, successful, and growing travel services company. It really started in brief by her looking at our own internal travel programs, found out that altogether our company was spending millions of dollars in travel, and that there had to be a way to coordinate that and make that work much more efficiently. So she came up with a detailed business plan to save hundreds of thousands of dollars, and that led to another business plan to launch Southwestern Travel. So she's focused right now on the vision of the company, and our family of companies' whole motto is helping people achieve their goals in life, and they do that through travel. Uh, she is really driven to help people save money and save time and to have greater memories from their travel. She's a graduate of Belmont University here in Nashville with a BA in history and political science. And she's a pretty busy person when she's not working. Uh, her husband, Jared, four children uh, that range in age from active to extremely active. And uh, she loves community events, seeing the Nashville Predators play, and loves to travel. So her favorite travel quote is very inspiring to me. Fill your life with adventures, not things. Have stories to tell, not stuff to show. So, Terry, welcome to the Action Catalyst. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me here. This is exciting. I'm wondering if you can share some of the main sort of twists and turns or the pivots in your career. When you graduated from college with a liberal arts degree, mm -hmm. how did that lead to the CEO's executive assistant position? Well, um, Dan, that's, thank you for asking. We, um, When I graduated from Belmont, um, I had a history of political science degree. I had every intention of going to law school, actually. And um, when you graduate from a private institution, you realize there's a lot of a big price tag that goes along with that. And so for me, it was um, I didn't want to continue down that path and drive myself further into debt. And so um, as I kind of looked at my life and wanted to think about what that next journey was going to be like, I started praying, asking the Lord to kind of lead me um, to what He wanted me to do. And um, business continued to come up in those conversations with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I have a history degree and a political science degree. What am I going to do in business? And um, But it just continued to come up in that in, that, in my prayer life. And so... Um, I started working uh, at a, in a doctor's office downtown for a high-profile doctor that worked for one of our uh, sports teams here in Nashville and um, realized that I, after about four, four and a half years of working there, building uh, processes for training and um, things like that for our nursing staff and our executive assistant staff there, I'd hit kind of a really the ceiling, uh, I felt like, there. Mm -hmm. And again, just went back into... Uh, prayer mode and said, Lord, what do you have for me? Um, you know, and started specifically praying for a mentor in business. And um, within about six months, I'd passed my resume along to a friend that worked at Thinking Ahead. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the day that I 
passed out along that resume, he had just happened to get the the go-ahead to start looking for an executive assistant position for Henry Bedford. On the same day. On the same day. And um, it was one of those moments I felt like, okay, this is interesting. I'd never heard of Southwestern at the time. And, um, but my friend had just raving reviews about the company and, and the leadership here. So I said, okay, that'd be great. Pass my re- resume along and let's see what happens. Uh, of course, you only need to meet Henry once to realize you want to have as much time around him as possible. Mm-hmm. He's so brilliant mm-hmm. and fun and um, just has a great um, desire to, to mentor people and, and, and see them succeed. So we shared a lot about that process for me, and, and, he, and we connected and, and realized that this was going to be a good partnership. And so he brought me on board. Oh, that's amazing. And for our listeners who don't know, Thinking Ahead is a full-service executive search firm, part mm-hmm. of Southwestern family of, of companies. So that led you right here internally. That's right. So you started as Henry's executive assistant, which requires seven sets of hands and 15 <laughs> sets of legs uh, to do that. Uh, but you noticed something, and that was the amount of travel that was occurring here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were involved in arranging some of that and probably picked some things up. From a process standpoint, Terry, how, how do you think your brain works so that you would see within this the opportunity for a business? You know, every company has travel expenses. You saw it not as an expense, but as a chance to get into something that could lead to being profitable. Absolutely. We realized there were savings opportunities for our, our family of companies. And we thought as we as we dug into the details and, you know, one of the things that I did specifically is is research the industry and, and what was going on with other agencies and, and things like that. And when we started booking meetings and incentives, we would get some pushback from our suppliers that would say, oh, we're, we're going to be oversold in certain times of year and things like that. And so I went in and for 18 months called on, um, I'd say anywhere from 20, 15 to 20 resorts in locations all over the world and gathered my own analysis of their occupancy rates. Mm. And what we found is that there were opportunities for us to partner with these vendors and say, um, you know, we can help fill space that they uh, obviously have open. We found that many of them were less than 50% full. And um, we wanted to connect with them and, and fill that space. And when we started doing that and seeing the savings for our own family of companies, we realized that this could be something we could offer to other companies in the area and hopefully across the U.S. and start consult- a consulting partnership with and, and work with them on travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, we looked at that same opportunity and said, okay, well, what can we you know, where is this new business going to really come from? And what's funny is we were continuing down this corporate path of corporate travel planning and consulting uh, for a business plan and realized very quickly that we had our own connection with Great American in their educational division. Hmm. And um, What what is Great American? So Great American Fundraising, sorry, is the largest school fundraising company part of the Southwestern family of companies. And they... um, connect with, um, they had about a large group of, of their fundraising sponsors were fundraising specifically for travel. And so we, we recognized what we call that as our unfair advantage and um, partnered with them to build a, an educational travel division. Hmm. So because Great American helps school groups raise money to go on trips, mm-hmm. Why not also be the one that helps provide the trips? That's right. And make that work. It seems really obvious, but... <laughs> It's not that obvious because Great American's been in business since 1975, 
and nobody put those pieces together until you did. That's right. So you must be a good Jenga player too. <laughs> so I think that's great. Um, what's the vision for Southwestern Travel? Where, where are you headed? What do you have in mind for, for the future? Absolutely. Well, we are a full service travel agency and we want to be the largest um, in the world someday, right? I think that I have this, um, yeah, I love to think big and to dream big. It's been part of me for for a very long time. And um, we have the opportunity here to do that. And and I want to see that come to pass. Um, And you know, the thing that we want to focus on is customer service. You know, we want to be known for for being service-oriented and um, making sure the customer has everything that they need to have a, a seamless and um, fun experience with their, with their travel, whether it's corporate or educational or a leisure trip down the road. So it, that's, that's our goal, our vision, to be known for customer service. Right. But what, what does that really mean? What is good customer service, extraordinary customer service, memorable customer sure. service where they never go elsewhere? What, what do you see there? Well, to me, it means paying attention to all the details. It means calling you by your name and making you uh, feel special, helping you um, with every aspect of your trip. Um, you know, thinking about the next step before you do, of course. And, um, and lining that out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So personalizing it, really putting yourself in the client's shoes, but using your own perspective mm-hmm. and experience to see things and put things in place they would not even ask about. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to tell our, our listeners that I am a consumer of Southwestern Travel. <laughs> I recently led a group to Jamaica. We had 22 people on the trip, and the arrangements, the organization were were flawless. Thank you. Flawless. And <laughs> I was you. so excited about that. So I think it's great. Thank you, Dan. Um, you're on a rapid growth path, you know, and, and people can say when you when you start from a flat rock and you sell one dollar, it's real easy to double. You just need to sell a second dollar. Right. <laughs> but but you're in the much bigger dollars regions right now. Sure. Have you uh, hit any brick walls? Have you hit, uh, you know, going around a corner and things are just chugging along and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, oh my gosh, some unexpected obstacle, setback. What, what's your approach when that happens? Uh, well, of course, you know, there are always brick walls and setbacks, I think, in business, and especially in a new business, um, you know, even from, you know, starting an agency and making sure you have all of the, you know, um, accreditations and, and licenses in place and um, and things like that. We, we had a significant, um, you know, time frame getting that set up, I would say. And, you know, part of it is just continuing to do the next right thing. So just looking at uh, what's ahead and saying, what's the next right thing for that particular situation or problem? Um, You know, we focus on, you know, looking at the facts of any problem and saying, okay, well, the facts will always present a solution for us. And so it's really important for us to dig into that um, to make sure that we're moving forward. Mm Mm-hmm. So try to get control of your emotion by focusing on do the next right thing. Mm-hmm. Let's make decisions based on facts. Mm-hmm. An example of that was when you went to visit all these resorts that mm-hmm. supposedly had oversold and they had no room. And that's you right. discovered that most of them were only 50% full. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of, uh, of feet and eyes on the ground mm-hmm. where you see it for yourself. That's and right. that, that helps you to, to overcome that. Um now, when you started, you had really good grounding, particularly from Henry as a CEO, mm-hmm. but you've grown a pretty good-sized team now. 
uh, in just the last two to three years. Can you share your thoughts about growing a team? You know, when when do you know that it's essential that you add somebody, mm-hmm. knowing that that's going to be an additional expense? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you develop and onboard that person so that they can do well? Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you know it's time to add another? And how do you keep focused on the things you uniquely should do? I'm just just curious in general your thoughts on that because sure. it's an ongoing issue. It absolutely is. I would say it's still an issue today, right? We're always <laughs> just trying to figure that out. Um, you know, in the beginning... You know, in 2016, when we officially launched the company, of course, it was just me for the first six months. And um, not only was I starting the business, I was still Henry's executive assistant during that time frame. And um, so within the first six months, we did bring on our first uh, employee uh, to help, um, you know, start making sales calls for educational groups and start helping with the logistics and realizing that um, we needed to have a plan in place. In fact, when we announced that we were a business, we didn't even have a a website, you know? (laughs) So we were still trying to pull it all together uh, in the first six months and and, uh, formulate um, our processes Mm. to bring on new clients. And we did that actually really quickly. And um, we had our first six educational groups sign up with us and travel with us our first year. And it was exciting to see it grow um, just in that first few months. But we we brought on our first employee um, then. And then shortly after that, we brought on a second employee in January of 2017. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, looking at what, how quickly we want to grow and scale and saying, you know, what's going to be the 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 catalyst to get us there. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, finding A plus people is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're always looking. I'm always looking for people who are better than me, right? Uh, looking for um, for people who are um, coachable and, and trainable, and um, that are focused on. You know, you know, it's really important for us to continue our, to keep our culture in check and, and and keep our egos checked at the door, and realize that we're we're working toward a mission and. Um, and focus on on doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So finding A plus people. Mm-hmm. Well, you describe some of the characteristics, right? Coachable, mm-hmm. check your ego at the door, mm-hmm. sharing the mission, and all the rest of that. How do you find these people? This is a tight labor market, and there's all kinds of jobs that are looking for people. But you've attracted an A plus team. What What do you think are some of those keys? You know, I have some great help actually from the guys at Thinking Ahead. <laughs> I okay. think almost all of my uh, team is from. Uh, working with thinking ahead. And um, I'd like to say, you know, it, it's a good partnership for sure. And it has been um, um, fun to, to see this come together um, by partnering mm. with Hans and Shane and those guys. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. So in working with a search firm, any quick tips on that one? Because there's a cost associated, of course, and you want to be sure you get a good return on that investment, that's which right. generally means make sure it's a good candidate. Mm-hmm. So for those of our listeners that are thinking about that or that already work with firms, what are what are some things that you can do as the employer to make sure the search firm can be successful for you? Absolutely. I mean, it's providing a detailed analysis of what the type of person that you're looking for, right? It's looking mm-hmm. at um, presenting them with what the job requirements and qualifications are, of course. Mm. Um, and you've got such a strong vision. I mean, you mentioned a minute ago you remained Henry's executive mm-hmm. assistant at the same time that you were launching Southwestern Travel. Um, 
how did you manage that? You know, because working with Henry, as we said, is a more than full-time job. That's right. Starting a business, everybody that's done it knows <laughs> that it's more than a full-time sure, job. Sure, sure. So how did you kind of decide and prioritize and use your time, almost like gear shifting from one place to another without grinding those gears? You know, schedule is important, mm. and um, it's something that um, I focus on. It's always been, you know, something I think here at Southwestern that we talk about is keeping a good schedule, uh, forming good habits, um, of course, and, you know, looking at the, what I'm doing every day and paying attention to those things and saying, okay, is this, um, you know, important to the mission? Is this going to get us to the finish line? Um, are we attracting good quality people? Am I focused on building great po processes? Um, you know, there are lots of late nights, I'd say, and early mornings to get things done. Um, but you just do whatever it takes to get it done. I always, you know, tell people that, you know, I don't really, I don't work a job that's nine to five. I just, I do what I can to get it done. And um, I want to engage my, my team to to have a great um mindset to, to say, you know, what, what can we do together? How can we work together to make sure everything is, um, that we're executing everything efficiently right? and using our time well. When I've seen your team in action, they look like they're having fun. So is this because you train them to act really well or are they actually having fun? <laughs> I hope they're really having fun. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really, uh, culture is so important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we do have a lot of fun here in our office and, um, you know, we we have a drama-free zone, as I like to call it. Um, one of our our principles, if you will, is you know we never walk past a problem, and we and even when it's specific to someone that we work with, um, we just we don't walk past it. We hit it head on, and we realize that uh, again, it's all about the mission. So if we're checking our ego at the door, and we're we're focused on building a great company that's going to provide um, for our families and for, and and take care of our clients, then. Um, it's not about who's right, but what's right, right? So it's just going back to that philosophy. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about this never walking past a problem. Sure. So anytime, you know, we have um, a problem in our office, whether it's with the client, whether it's with, you know, a vendor or just amongst the team, we just, we don't walk past it. We don't allow time to pass without confronting it um, in a positive way. Um, and I feel like with a culture like that, it makes it easy to say, hey, you know, um, I'm not going to let time pass before I go ahead and talk to that client or go ahead and talk to my coworker and say, hey, listen, I feel like maybe something's, you know, going on here. Maybe the attitude's not right. Maybe it's, you know, something like that. And so we're just, we're going ahead and talking about it, getting right. it out there. Right. There's an ancient saying by a guy named Joe Batten who wrote a book 60 years ago that said, the failure to face an issue squarely never solves anything. It only buys time. That's right. And facing that issue squarely is really, I guess, the essence of not walking past a problem mm -hmm. and uh, getting team involved and working with that in a great way. Now, you mentioned uh, early mornings and late nights. Uh, obviously, as a working mom with four mm -hmm. kids, you have early mornings and late nights. That's right. Um, do you have a, sort of an, a, a mental routine you go through at the start of each day? Uh, mm -hmm. Any thoughts that you've slowly worked into your head to be the first things that you think? Because the way we start the day is so important. It is. Actually, the one thing I, I, the first thing I think about is how thankful I am. And um, it's really important to me to be grateful, of course. I, um, 
feel thankful every time I think about the opportunity that I had when I met or when I found or stumbled on Southwestern, if you will. Um, and, you know, and I think about my family and, and, you know, just the, the place where I am today, it's just, a, it's, I just have a huge amount of gratitude, um, for the Lord, for providing these opportunities and for a company that, that has, um, a great culture and a great passion and a great mission, um, as the family of companies does to build people. Um, I feel like I've been a product of that mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also, um, I feel honored to, to be able to, to pay, to pay it forward mm-hmm. as well. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, being thankful would be the, the number one thing. Um, That's awesome mm-hmm. because it, it does turn our internal gears differently when we start that way. It does. I think it gives us, it gives me specifically the opportunity to, of course, to think about what I'm thankful for, but then to realize I have this opportunity to serve today. Every right. day I get up in the morning, I have an opportunity to serve and impact someone. Um, so that's that's really important to me. Terry, it's amazing how many of our of our guests who are excellent in building people say the same thing, that the opportunity to serve is what drives them, what moves them. Mm-hmm. It's what makes such a difference in what they do. So I think that's, uh, that's tremendous. Um, it's the difference between starting the day by saying, good morning, Lord, mm-hmm. or saying, good Lord, it's morning. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's absolutely right. I think it's great. Um, to kind of finish up, how, how would you encourage somebody who is, is, is starting in business or they're, they're in a business where they just seem stuck, they... They don't have the vision. And and by the way, how much mm. revenue do you think Southwestern Travel will generate this year? Four point two million dollars. Four point two million. It's just like two and a half years on mm-hmm. in, in terms of going from an idea in your head to mm-hmm. that and growing really, really fast. Uh, and many of our listeners are gonna be amazed and excited and motivated <laughs> by that. But what words of encouragement could you offer to somebody that just seems like they're they're stuck? They're they've maybe lost their vision, they're they're don't know what to do. Sure. I would encourage them to do some soul searching, take some time alone. Um, I know for me that was some, that worked really well. It was very personal and intimate. You just really think about uh, and pray about the things that, um, that, that are important to you. And I'd be grateful, I think, in those moments. But then, um, you know, spend that time alone. Maybe even, you know, I, I love to be outside and get out and, and amongst the um, the outdoors and take a deep breath and, and realize that um, it's not about me, mm-hmm. right? It's not about me. It's about the mission. Um, but, you know, if, they're in a, if you're in a hard place or you're not sure where to turn, I mean, for me, it was taking time alone, really thinking and praying, um, doing some soul searching. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, just that time alone. <laughs> Right. I don't know. That was what it was for me. All right. So soul searching, gaining some perspective, mm-hmm. um, trying to get your mind off your own concerns mm-hmm. and maybe back on service. That, right. That those, those things right. help. Yeah. Um, really an old saying, but if we can get into motion, we can wipe out negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And so making that work. Yeah. Taking action quickly or having a, a an urgency that that kind of goes to me goes along with never walking past the problem it's just you're you're saying right now i'm going to do what i need to do to take the next step forward and um you know it's funny when we're in a team meeting and someone says well i'll do that later i'm like oh no let's get your phone out let's do it right now mm-hmm. because if we wait it just continues to draw that problem out or continue to um 
allow for just more time to pass and maybe it never gets done. And now we're talking about it again in the next meeting. And so, right. yeah. Well, a to-do list that has a lot of undone items <sighs> yeah. doesn't weigh like a piece of paper weighs. It weighs tons and tons. So that's right. do it now is a great affirmation. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great. Well, Terry, this time goes really, really fast. Yep. Um, and on behalf of our listeners all over the place, thank you so much. What you share shows that your enthusiasm, your vision, your belief, and the team that you've attracted is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. So well done to you, and let's hear it for the future with Southwestern Travel. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Several things impressed me about that conversation with Terry. One is that our academic preparation isn't necessarily related to what we're supposed to do. And so some of us have a degree, some have multiple degrees, some have no degree, some went to great colleges, some went to lesser known colleges. So it's not the academic training that makes the difference. It's what's inside a person. And when Terry came to work with our chairman and CEO, she was in a role that some people occupy for their entire career. And that is to be an executive assistant of a top executive. It's a very fulfilling, very rewarding career. But one of the things that I noticed is that she's got the ability to connect dots. She noticed that there's travel expenses. How can we get into that? Well, wait a minute. Other companies do travel. Wait a minute. We have a company that is involved in fundraising. Schools use that money to travel. And although we look at it and say, well, duh, anybody could have figured that out. The fact is not everybody did figure that out. And so the ability to connect dots, the lesson I took from that is that sometimes we need to back the lens up. Uh, we're so close to solving the problem, we're so close to hammering that specific nail that we don't pull back and say, wait a minute, there's a whole house here. And what's the role of that, which is is really, really great. Uh, when asked about her vision, she's talked first of all about being the largest in the world, but saying really, really known for our customer service. And in thinking about it, there are certain vendors that we all deal with that we, if we are satisfied and we're happy, we're never going to change. Uh, I think in my adult life, I've had two people cut my hair. And the only reason I changed this is one of them retired. Um, when I was a young guy, I went to all kinds of different people and was never really happy with it. I've had the same bank for 40 years. And what Terry has figured out is that if we can deliver above average, exceptional, extraordinary customer service by personalizing it, caring about the individual, people never look elsewhere for travel service. Uh, because we know that she's very thorough and did on the ground inspections and figured things out, she's going to pass those savings along and those timings to, um, to, to clients, which is great. Uh, she has an interesting phrase, do the next right thing. I think in facing problems, that's good advice. And that's really good advice for me, for example, because we all have calendars, we all have budgets, we all have goals, we all have objectives that we're working against. And if we start thinking, well, what do I got to be ready to do in July and in June? And I got to make sure October is set up right, but it's only January. Then I run the risk of missing the next right thing. And inevitably in business, when we look back on our big wins, we can retrace our steps and we can say, because we did that thing right at the right time, then this thing went right at the right time, then this thing. And we can look at our failures too. And we can say, well, we sort of forgot to take care of business. And what I'm reminded of from talking to Terry is doing the next right thing and keeping a bit of logic. Look at the facts, she said, and the solutions will generally reveal themselves instead of us just assuming we know what that's about, which is, which is really, really key. Um, when I asked her what makes an A-plus employee, it's interesting. The very first thing she said was someone who is coachable and is willing to catch the vision. Well, coachability has nothing to do with ability to learn, but it has everything to do with willingness to learn. 
and sometimes very strong people who are opinionated and they think really quickly and they have a lot of confidence get in the way of their coachability by putting their ego out front. And that's why she said there's there's really two or three things. There's coachability, somebody that can catch the vision, and then third, they can check their ego at the door. Really powerful because <clears throat> confident people have strong egos, which is great. But when it comes down to the vision, being able to check that is, is really key. Uh, she believes in building a culture, and I think this is instructive for everybody here. Uh, schedule and habits. You know, how we use our time, the habits that we perform, discerning what's really essential and trying to focus on that, and developing a culture. Uh, I love what she said about we work really hard to have a drama-free zone at work. And ideally, we're all drama-free at work because we've got so much to do, we don't have time for drama. But as I say there, I think about times in, in my business career when drama took over and it gets really in the way. So what Terry's striving to do with Southwestern Travel is make that a core value, that we're going to be a drama-free zone, can have a lot of fun, and I've been around them, and they're having too much fun and just enjoying life, which is great. And a part of that culture is never walking past a problem. Uh, it's so easy to do that. It's, it's the prime example of taking some dirt, lifting up a corner of the carpet, sweeping the dirt under the carpet and saying, okay, that mess is cleaned up. But we know over time, the carpet fibers will begin to decay because of the dirt. And then when they start to fall apart, eventually it works its way to the surface and we've got a big hole in the carpet and people say, oh my goodness, how did that hole get in the carpet? And it happened because somebody tried to walk past a problem by sweeping it under a rug. And what Terry's determined to do is that that's not going to happen. Uh, they focus on doing what's right and not arguing a whole lot about who's right. And this is a principle that, that I was privileged to hear, first of all, from Spencer Hayes. And Spencer said, everybody's got a pitch. My pitch is better than your pitch. And let me try to explain to you why my pitch is better than your pitch. And he said, when you're with people that are in sales, they stand all day long trying to sell each other and why their pitch is the best pitch. And instead, what we need to back up and say, what's the right thing to do here? We have a vision and a mission. We know where we want to go. What's the right way to get there? And if somebody has an idea that is right, it doesn't matter how well they sell it or promote it or if they're great at pitching it. We should just do what's right, which is, is really, really great. Uh, she starts her day with the whole attitude of gratitude that has come through time and again with so many of our amazing guests here. The idea of thankfulness, of an opportunity to serve, there's a really trite saying, and the best trite sayings are the most meaningful. And this saying is, it's really hard to be nervous when your heart is on service. And overcoming nerves and overcoming fear only happen effectively when we think about, well, what's my purpose, and can I help somebody else? And that's really a great reminder for that. Uh, in facing discouraging times, uh, Terry realizes it's important to have a little bit of alone time. I know she's a woman of prayer. She spends time in her thoughts, in her meditations, in her prayers. Uh, she works hard to get an additional perspective on something and goes back to that whole notion of it's not about me, and then let's get into action. Because action cures fear, and a sense of urgency helps us move forward into accomplishment zone, which is terrific. So you and I will hear a lot more about Southwestern travel. There's just not a question. Starting from a flat rock, uh, nearly $5 million in business here just in the third year. Great things are ahead. So this was inspiring and it was fun and it was great to have Terry on the Action Catalyst. Everybody, thank you for listening and we look forward to next time. 
If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.